from the one who has saved me, saved me, Hosanna. Oh, Hosanna, see the long-awaited King come to set his people free, and we cry, oh,
is not the end. This is the next chapter, right? Because God's kingdom continues. So, and we still get to be a part of it. So we can praise him for that. Oh, 
Is it safe now? Alright. Uh oh. Let me pray for our time. Father, I, I thank you so much for this time to, to celebrate your work, this time to worship you, to come before you acknowledging uh, how we fall short of your glory, acknowledging, Lord, how you make up for it. And Lord, that you've sought us out, you've pursued us, and by your grace, we've, we, you've made us your own children. I thank you for this grace. I thank you for this grace that has empowered this church for so many years, that has emboldened this church for so many years, that has lifted up this church for so many years. We stand on, on the foundation of the grace shown through uh, the death and sacrifice of your son, and we stand on the hope of the resurrection of your son. And so, Father, as we come to your word one last time, meeting in this building, Father, would you uh, open our eyes to see your truth in your scripture? Father, would you fill us with your spirit to hear and understand what you're saying to this church? It is upon your word alone that we stand. Your word alone is truth. Your word alone brings healing to our brokenness. And so, Father, I ask that that you would help me to step out of the way and that your word would speak, that your word would resonate, and that you would continue the work of transforming our lives and, and making us like your son. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand one more time for the reading of the word. We're going to be in Ecclesiastes, and uh, this, it's uh, with mixed emotions that, that I preach to you this morning. And as I was thinking uh, many weeks back uh, on what to preach, I said, you know, there's no better book of mixed emotions than the book of Ecclesiastes. And, and so... Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting in verse 1, I'm going to read through verse 15 from the New Living Translation. If you have a Bible, turn there. If you have an app, otherwise it should be uh, on the screen here. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? I've seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has placed eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded, there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. 
And I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him. What is happening now has happened before. And what will happen in the future has happened before because God makes the same things happen over and over again. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. The thesis statement for this morning, um, the, the main point is this. We can have genuine appreciation for every season of life because they all work according to God's good plan for us. We can have genuine appreciation for uh, every season of life because they all work according to God's good plan for us. This includes uh, good times, when health is good, life uh, seems like winning, everything seems to be going right. This also applies to times that we think of as bad times, when your health is failing, when uh, you can't seem to do anything right, when all you seem to hear is, is bad news after bad news. Uh, and life seems like losing every season, the good times, the bad times, all serve God's ultimate purposes and God's good plan for us. And the flow of thought that I want to follow in this passage is as follows. Uh, The first is that life is seasonal. Life is seasonal. The second is every season has its own beauty. And the third is that a season's beauty is ultimately discovered in God's good plan for us. So that's the the flow of thought here in this passage. The first point, life is seasonal. We see in verses 1 through 8 that that beautiful poem, which um, has been turned into a song some of you probably when I was reading it, maybe heard that song in your head. And um, it's interesting. You look at verse 1. It says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, Now some, and, and et cetera, et cetera. Now, some people come to this list, and, and they, they treat it like as a menu, right? And, 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 uh, and we go, okay, well, I'll pick life. I'll choose, I'll choose laughing. Like, I choose dancing, right? Uh, let me see, how can I navigate life to, to avoid like the death part and the crying part and the killing part? But that's not what this passage is saying, okay? What this passage is saying uh, in verse 2, a time to be born and a time to die. Now, is that a menu option? It's not. It's a, it's a statement of truth. It means you are born and you will die. And that's how we should read this passage. What he's saying is life consists of all these opposites, these pairs. There's a time uh, to tear, and there's a time to mend. There's a time to grieve. There's a time to laugh. There's an appropriate time and season for all that happens in life. And it's not necessarily good or bad. He's saying this is just what it is. It is seasonal. And so uh, one of the first things to understand about life is just because you're going through a season that is not your preference, it's painful, um, it might be dark, it might be dry, doesn't, doesn't mean that, uh, that there's no purpose in it. It doesn't mean that God isn't using it for something. Harambe Church was born... And now it's coming to an end. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, It's a purposeful thing. Sometimes I think that when things are good, we think it should last forever. I don't know if you've had that feeling. Something that is good, you just want it to, like in in sports. I have to use a sports analogy because this is the last 
sermon I'm preaching here. The Mariners of 1995, a miracle season. The Sonics of 96 when they faced the Bulls, like the Seahawks of 2013. When they're good, you want it to last forever, and you want to hold on to all the, the good players, right? And, and, and I was devastated when we started trading away some of our best players from the Mariners. We got rid of Griffey. We got rid of A-Rod. We got rid of Randy Johnson. When the Sonics, we got rid of Sean Kemp and eventually Gary Payton. Like, why are we ending a good thing? And God has purposes for ending even things that are good. We see that his disciples struggle with the same idea. In Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 6, I don't think I have this up on the screen. I'll read what, uh, what that verse says. So when the apostles were with Jesus, uh, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Now, to give you a little context, what has just happened, Jesus has died, and then he rose again, and now his disciples are stoked, right? They're happy. Jesus is back everything's good. This is the time now, Jesus. This is the time for you to establish the kingdom. We're with you. We're ready for this. This is awesome. And Jesus replies in verse 7. He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and to the ends of the earth. And then after that, Jesus left. He went back to the Father. And so what the disciples thought was a good thing, Jesus says, no, I've got something better in mind. Or more accurately, I've got the next step in my story in mind. Harambe Church, Renton Community Church, has been a good thing. It has been a meaningful and purposeful body in this community. And because it's coming to an end is not a bad thing. In God's economy, in God's story, it is a good thing because it's the next step in his story. So the first point, life is seasonal. Things begin and things end. And that's not a bad thing. That's, that's just the way life is. Now, the next point. Every season has its own beauty. Life is seasonal, and every season has its own beauty. I don't know if you can relate to this, but after nine or ten months of clouds and rain, I'm looking forward to sun. Can anyone say amen to that? And, and we long, we go, I can't wait till this season is over so I can feel the warmth of the sun again. And so when it comes that first day and August 1st when that sun comes and it's warm and toasty, we're, we're excited for like, if you're a Northwesterner, you're excited for like two weeks maybe. And it's like, oh, it's so hot. <laughs> I can't get away from the sun. I can't wait till that fall autumn breeze comes again and then for those of you like winter I can't wait till we get a little snow I can't wait till it's Christmas and I can't wait till it's spring and I can't wait till it's summer and what's happening there is is an illustration of the truth that we uh, just read actually I should read it verse 9 through 11 what do people really get for all their hard work I have seen the burden God has placed on us all yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. There's a beauty to the weather seasons that we experience, most of us. We all have our preferences, and I understand that. But there's some sense in which we recognize that a, 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 a life of all summer is missing something. A life of all winter is missing something. There, there is an appropriateness. There is a beauty to the uniqueness of each season. And, and in the same way that that applies to our, our seasons of, of weather and, and position with the sun and all that, um, it applies to our lives as well. The different seasons of our lives. 
And it's hard, it's easy to see that with good seasons, right? But it's harder to see that with seasons that are painful and difficult. And yet, according to Scripture, he says, all seasons, all activities, and, and, and keep in mind that list that he's listed, right? These are hard things. There's, if, if I look at the list, I can tell you I don't like dying. Uh, I don't like the killing part. I don't like the, the tearing part. I don't like the grieving part. Right? There's a lot to this list that, if I'm honest, I would try to navigate around. Like, I wouldn't seek these things out. And yet he's saying all of this, every activity, has its own beauty. And as I thought about my life, some of the, the most painful moments in my life are also some of the most richest spiritually that I've had. Some of the most painful and darkest times in my life have been some of the, the brightest times in, in, in sensing and receiving the presence of God. Why? Because God met me in the darkness. God met me in my pain. And, and that's what God is doing. God, God uses even the dark seasons, even the death seasons, even the shadow seasons to say, you know what? I'm there with you. I'm there for you. And I love you in the midst of it. And ultimately, it's not our destiny. It's not the end. It is part of the process. And it's how we grow in the process, in the journey of the the destination that God has for us. Consider the season that you're in right now. How, How might it be purposeful? What might God be teaching you in the midst of that season? Where is there beauty in the midst of that season? And the last point, how do we see that beauty? How do we see beauty in the various seasons? And it's this. A season's beauty is ultimately discovered in God's good plan for us. Apart from that, if there is no good plan for us, then dark and painful seasons would lead us to despair. If, if that's the end. So, so what the Bible is saying is, don't love death and darkness and pain for itself. Like, that's not the end. They're purposeful to point us to God's good plan for us. And I want to read this last section and show you uh, where I'm getting that from. Verse 12 through 15. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. And I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him. What is happening now has happened before, and what will happen in the future has happened before, because God makes the same things happen over and over again. Now, this passage is a little bit difficult to understand. I want to break it down a little bit. So that last statement uh, is describing sort of a, a, a seasonal or cyclical nature of life. It seems like things History tends to repeat itself. You've heard the saying, right? And so sometimes it seems like things happen over and over again, um, and that could lead one to go, oh, there's no meaning. Like, it just, it just repeats itself. But what Solomon is saying is, despite that appearance, God is behind it. And so what we take away is that ultimately God is in control. Solomon also says that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. So we have this picture of of a God who is firmly in control of of everything, of all of the universe, all of life, every moment, all of time. God is in control. And everything that happens serves God's purposes. And I want to point out three things here 
from the Scripture that, that hint at his purpose. Okay, so verse 11. So we see the statement, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Right, and this is kind of a, a purpose statement. And he says, he, he has planted eternity in the human heart. So we see this key action that, that all of us have eternity planted in our hearts from God. In other words, God is, is sort of giving us all a clue of what we were created for. Secondly, he gives us with enjoyment. In the midst of all these seasons, he still says there is a, there is a place for joy. There's a place for enjoyment in verse 12 and 13. So I conclude that there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. Not just the stuff, but even the ability to enjoy. Which, which for me was an incredible truth. truth. That, that you could have all the riches in the world and if God doesn't give you the ability to enjoy it, you will have no joy. We, see, we also see him state that in the previous chapter, verse 24 and 25, he says this, Then I realize these pleasures are from the hand of God, for who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him? So the fact that we can enjoy things... And, and no matter where we are in life, we, we have some things that we enjoy, whether it's a bite of food, whether it is a breath of fresh air, maybe not today, maybe next week, we'll see, um, a walk in the park, whatever it is, these things that we do enjoy, even in the midst of darkness, in the midst of pain, are gifts from God. And some people will use pain and darkness as a reason to say that God is either doesn't exist, or God doesn't care about us. But a God who doesn't care about us, who's evil, some people would say, why would that God give us anything good? It wouldn't make sense. But God does give us some good things. And so we, we're in this state of tension where we have some good things, we have some ability to enjoy, and yet we recognize that there's also pain and struggle and strife. So, God puts eternity into our hearts, and he gives us some enjoyment, and yet we have this problem. The main problem is death on the one hand, and unhappiness on the other. And death and unhappiness are purposeful, according to Solomon. What would the purpose be? In God's plan... The purpose of death and unhappiness is to open our eyes to see that apart from God, uh, we don't understand how to live life. The, the source of our unhappiness, the source of, of death is a consequence, a result of rebelling against God, from, from choosing to live lives our own ways. And that's what we're all prone to do. We're prone to, to think that we know how to run our lives. We know what's best for us. We know what brings us the most happiness. But the reality is that ultimately we don't. Because we choose stuff. We choose ourselves over God. And that's the worst thing that we could do. And so in our sadness, in the reality of death, there's these rays of hope that we see in Scripture. These, these inklings that God has for us something bigger, something greater. He's placed eternity in our hearts, which, which means God is saying, I want something for you more than death. I don't want you to die, is what God is saying to us. And I'm giving you glimpses of enjoyment that are ultimately going to be fulfilled in the plan, the good plan that God has for us. The good news of the Bible is that God does have a plan. And the plan to deal with death and unhappiness is through his son, Jesus. This is 
Every story, Jesus says, all the scriptures talk about him. So even Solomon, though he may not have understood every single thing about God's plan, recognized that God is doing something for eternity. And God wants to gift us with eternity. And the only way he can gift us with eternity is by taking care of our problem of death and unhappiness. He takes care of that through Jesus. Jesus came to die for our rebellion, our hearts that want to go astray from God, that want to run our own lives. Jesus died for that rebellion. And and the beauty is that we don't have to earn our place before God. We don't have to get ourselves right. We don't have to fix ourselves. Jesus fixes us for us. He does what we couldn't do and thereby draws us to him through Jesus. Jesus says this in John 5, 24. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. So those who hear the message of Jesus, who believe and receive this message, have eternal life. God has filled that eternal hole that he has placed in our heart with Jesus and has given us that eternal gift. We will never be condemned for our sins, but we have already passed from death into life. So that's a present thing. That means if you have placed your faith in Jesus right now, as of today, as of whenever we've placed our faith in Jesus, we have eternal life. And that's the, that's the destiny. That's the, the, the gift that we have in our possession at this moment. And no one can take that away from us. And so every season, every activity under earth or under, under the sun is, is being worked by God for that end, to, to stir us to, to realize that we can't do it in our own selves, that we need God's help and that he has provided us the ultimate help through his son, Jesus. The illustration I thought of that um, was helpful for me um, I don't know if you've ever seen an artist uh, working uh, in pro- on a piece of art in progress. Like it, and uh, if you go to like, uh, uh, I don't know, one of those outdoor, like uh, what's the place? We just went there, Cannon Beach. They have an artist who, who works uh, and in a way where you can see him working. And if you look at the painting that he or she is uh, painting, like, the first few strokes don't look like much. And, and you, might even, you might even be tempted to think, you know, that's a horrible painting. I, I've been tempted to think, like, that doesn't look like it's going to come together to be anything. You might just write them off as a terrible painter. But if you've watched them complete the painting and get closer to the end product, you can start to see it take shape. And you can start to see the beauty of it and the intelligence behind the reasoning of why they did a certain stroke here or why they did a particular shading there as the full picture comes into into, uh, view. And, And I think God is the ultimate painter. He's the one who's writing this story, the story of the universe. And, and as Solomon says, we, we, we can't see the full scope of what God is doing at any one moment. But God is the one who's placing a stroke here, placing some shading there. And, and we're tempted to think in any, with our limited view that I'm not sure if this is going to be a beautiful picture. I'm not sure if I would make that stroke there. I might change it up. I might use a different color there. But God is giving us the end picture. He's saying, just trust me. I created you. I desire good for you. I've placed eternity into your hearts. I've provided Jesus for your salvation. 
And though things don't seem to add up into a beautiful picture in the moment, it will in the end. And that's the hope we have, that God is creator, God is the ultimate artist, he's building a good and beautiful story for us as a church, for us as a body. Even though this church is ending, he has good in store for us. He's continuing the next stroke in his masterpiece. And so I want us to hold on to that, to appreciate everything that happened here at Harambe, and there were lots of beautiful memories. Uh, most of my adult life was spent in this church. And, and I could think back and probably get really sentimental about it. It's good to hold on to those memories, the good and the bad. God has used it all for his glory. He's made us all richer because of it. Every moment counts. None of it, none of it was wasted. And so I want to encourage you that God is continuing his story. And it's a good one. And I look forward to seeing what God would do in all of our lives as we, do, as we go forward. It's been a pleasure uh, to, to serve you all. So dusty outside. It's just incredible. It's been a pleasure of mine. Um, something that I'll remember for the rest of my life to be able to serve you all um, as a pastor, to be able to teach the word uh, week in and week out. Um, in many ways, it was a dream of mine. And God made it happen. Um, and it's been beautiful in its time. So thank you all, and to God be the glory, who's made it all possible, and um, that's it. Let me, let me, uh, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have a baptism, which is celebrating new birth in Christ. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that, that your word uh, speaks louder than anyone else's word, that you have the last word. I thank you, Father, that you are writing a good story for everyone who would trust in you. I pray, Lord, that more than anything, uh, we would see our need for you, Lord, that we would, you would give us eyes to see your goodness, Father, that you would, that you would help us to draw near to you, that you would draw near to us, Lord, that you would give us hope in your Son. And Father, as we go forward, uh, many of us continuing with Sunset Community Church, that you would help us to be assured, Lord, that um, our time as Harambe Church, as Renton Community Church, was not wasted, but Lord, is a beautiful part of, of our story, and Lord, that you have yet more beautiful parts of your story for us uh, in our future. I thank you for sending your son to die for us, to give us new life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, is Taylor...